Vudu is a leading streaming app with a library of over 150,000 titles available to rent or buy and over 10,000 titles you can watch for free on their ad-supported on-demand service. Enjoy everything from the latest Hollywood blockbusters to your favorite indie films without subscriptions or contracts. Right now on Vudu for free with ads are movies like Drive, Stand By Me, Jerry Maguire, and Ace Ventura. Very rewatchable. Head to voodoo.com slash rewatchables to sign up and start watching today. That's V-U-D-U.com slash rewatchables. And everyone, that's you, listener. If you're a bird, I'm a bird. This is a notebook on the rewatchables. From the first time he saw her. What are you doing tonight? I'm busy. Well, what can I do to change your mind? <laughs> He would love her forever. You are 17 years old. You don't know anything about love. He's not for you. Now, he'll do anything to get her back. I wrote you every day for a year. You wrote me? Yes. I have a fiancé waiting for me. This is not about keeping your promise. It's about following your heart. Ryan Gosling, Rachel McAdams, James Marsden, The Notebook, rated PG-13. Special sneak preview this Saturday in select theaters. Welcome to The Rewatchables. I'm Juliette Littman. Today I'm joined by Amanda Dobbins. Hi, Juliette. And Andrew Gordaro. Hey. We have gathered here in our sea island off the coast of South Carolina, just kidding, in our respective offices to discuss the great (laughs) film from 2004, which is about to have its 15th anniversary, The Notebook, starring Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams. I'm already emotional. <laughs> I just, I want to say that I'm just entering this with nerve endings kind of frazzled and re- I'm ready to share. I'm sorry in advance. Um, where did everyone see The Notebook for the first time? I feel like this is important to understanding how The Notebook had an emotional impact on you. I saw it, I think this was um, like my first high school girlfriend was like, we need to watch this movie. Yes. <laughs> yes, Andrew. <laughs> and you know, it, at that time, I think I was a freshman in high school. At that time, I think I rejected this movie's charms, and it has taken— Really? You didn't like it at first? No, I, I mean, I was still in that mode of like, ugh, you know, just not really appreciating sure. romance like mm-hmm. this. Okay. But, but in, in the years since, it's been, you know, it's been some time since then, and now it's just—it's a great movie. It really is. Movie. Amanda, where were you? I vividly remember I was in college. My friend Rebecca Hauk showed back, showed up from summer break with the DVD. This oh, was wow. in the DVD era. <laughs> and we were renting a house called the Red Barn. That was what it's an unofficial name in town. And we watched The Notebook in the Red Barn. And I wept. I was immediately affected by it. <laughs> and I have wept every single time I've watched it since. Um, of course, The Notebook is based on a Nicholas Sparks novel. Hmm? Have you read that? No, I haven't. I haven't either. Have you read any Nicholas Sparks books? I haven't, which is weird because I do like uh, an airplane, an airport novelist. Sure. You know? Yes, of course. And I like <laughs> novels that are set by the beach, which most of these are usually set kind of in like Southern beach communities, yes. right? Because that's where he is from. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you brought that up because yeah. I think that The Notebook and Nicholas Sparks ushered in an era of a type of like Southern beach movie that a lot of them were based on Nicholas Sparks movies. But after this, there was, um, of course, the Miley Cyrus and Liam Hemsworth vehicle. Mm-hmm. There was also yes. the Amanda mm-hmm. Seyfried and Channing Tatum movie. Like there were a lot. And like the names also like don't even apply. You know, like it kind of <laughs> doesn't matter. It's a vibe with like tall grass by the ocean. And it sort of became like a new aesthetic that the notebook started. 
It, well, it's true, though. I think it's important to note that, like, the two Nicholas Sparks movies before this, which The Notebook is the highest form. Yeah, absolutely. It's the, it's the yeah. highest example of the form and really made the Nicholas Sparks, like, industry what it is. But please don't forget that there was Message in a Bottle starring Kevin Costner. <laughs> Incredible. And A Walk to Remember starring none other than Mandy Moore. Yes. I happen to love A Walk Shane to Remember. West. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> and all respect to Shane West. So this was like real people were doing this. And I kind of think it's important to remember that Kevin Costner was in one. And I guess Mandy Moore is like not as much of a star as Kevin Costner was. but She like, was at the time. How dare you? There is some precedent. Now I feel like we associate them as kind of really weepy B-list Yes. Actors trying to make their break. but Trying to a, take the leap. Yeah, but once upon a time, real actors were in these movies. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Yeah. And then the other ones were Dear John. That was Channing Tatum mm-hmm. and, and, Amanda, and Amanda Seyfried. And then I believe uh, the one with Miley Cyrus and <laughs> Liam Hemsworth was, was that the last song, I believe? Yeah, that sounds yeah, right. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I, th- I think that was it. Uh, and it just, it kind of started this, a, a revival of the romance movie and in like a funny way, but they're all really Nicholas Sparks ones. Like I feel like the lake house though, it didn't fit into this mold was mm-hmm. kind of similar to me when that was the Sandra Bullock movie with Keanu Reeves where they're like, it's like their speed revival basically. Right. Yeah. But she's like traveling in time. It's similar. That's also like w- waterlogged in a similar way. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, a, it's a whole new genre that comes back in the middle of last century. Yes. Big year for Rachel McAdams. We'll obviously talk about her more, but this movie comes out in June of 2004, about two months after Mean Girls comes out. And this movie was filmed in like 2002, 2003, and Mean Girls was filmed in September of 2003. So this was filmed first and came out later. So, and similarly, Ryan Gosling, like the biggest thing he'd been in when he got cast was Remember the Titans. Like these two people were not famous. Do you remember your first Rachel McAdams experience? Was it Mean Girls? It must have been because I think I did see Mean Girls in theaters and I had to wait for the notebook on DVD. She just went on a, an absolute run starting with Mean Girls. We kind of talked about it on that podcast too. Yeah. But this is, it's Mean Girls, The Notebook, and then Wedding Crashers, yeah. right? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's what, well, there's a whole segment of this podcast devoted to that, but that's a pretty notable stretch for her. It's kind of wild. And then right after Wedding Crashers, Red Eye, which I loved with Killian Murphy and The Family Stone, which is like not a great movie, but like very enjoyable. The Family Stone, we should do maybe not a rewatchables. I don't know if it is rewatchable, though I have seen it many times on a plane. But what a fascinating text. That is a frustrating film. <laughs> <laughs> I think Jeremy Mulroney is so hot in it. He is. Is that of unreal? Course. The Sarah yeah. Jessica Parker performance is confounding. Rachel McAdams playing sort of against type. It's kind of like an early like NPR canvas bag chick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. Yes. <laughs> it's just a whole different look for Rachel McAdams, but it's a it's a true run. And then similarly, Ryan Gosling. Like, this is like launches him to fame, and yes. then and then he turns into the La La Land leading man that we know him to be. Like you know, over ten years later, mm-hmm. it's pretty wild. And then on top of that, just some incredible cameos from Kevin Connolly. And Paul Paul Johansson. (laughs) Okay. Also, do you want to talk about the other, like, extremely famous actors in this movie? Like, Sam Shepard. Sam Shepard. James Garner. Gina Rallins. Joan Allen. It's pretty amazing. It's like a heavy-hitting cast. It really is. Um, There's just a—it offers so much. We also didn't talk about James Marsden. Early, this was kind of James Marsden before his full rom-com extravaganza. Did his head look small to you guys? His head looked small to me. (laughs) (laughs) No. 
<laughs> I just felt like his proportions look, to me. looked off. Maybe that's like some part of uh, conversion to HD or something like that. But I thought his head looked weird. <laughs> okay. I just wanted to know that. That's, that's probably why it didn't work out between them. Uh, should we get into the categories? Let's do it. Okay. First, most rewatchable scene. I mean, I have a question for you guys before we go any further. Sure. Okay. Can you even make a case for anything that is that does not include both Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams? Like, no. should we even address those? Like, should should the 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 scene where um, Joan Allen takes Rachel McAdams to see her boyfriend that never was <laughs> like even make it in the conversation? My answer is no. That yeah. belongs in a different category. Yeah, no. While I do appreciate <laughs> that scene, I. It's not even close. Okay, good. So we're all on the same page here. This is yeah. a, this is a Noah and Allie podcast. Well, no, okay, I I think that what you just said about rewatchable scenes, it should all be Noah and Allie, young Noah and Allie. I do want to talk about old Noah and Allie at some point, <laughs> but like maybe not in this category. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Great. We'll, we'll get there. Okay. Number one rewatchable scene suggestion. Yes. Is of course when they're lying in the street. Yep. And <laughs> it's the beginning of their relationship. There's no one in town, and. They almost die by getting hit by a car. Mm -hmm. And it's all just very charming. Do you want to dance with me? Sure. Now? Mm -hmm. Here? Mm -hmm. Not supposed to dance in the middle of the street. some dance in the street. <laughs> and we don't have any means in Well, we'll make some. Can I just say... So this, I wrote down the first date, which involves like them walking on, you know, they're having the conversation ahead of time and then they lie down in traffic and then they dance and Ryan Gosling hums, I'll be seeing you. Maybe one of the more romantic scenes, movie scenes of the 21st century. It really guts me every time I watch it. It's <laughs> astonishing. The insistence on dancing is very sweet. It's really nice. It's And he's also, he is a trained dancer. Please don't forget Mickey Mouse Club. So he does the kind of like soft shoe every once yeah. in a while. Mm -hmm. And then they're dancing. And I, I mean, it is kind of the purest expression of their chemistry. And there is like, it's the first time in the movie where you're really seeing them explore this chemistry that I think animates the movie. So sure. I think you don't see stuff like that on film that often. That's what I have to say. Is that because of their chemistry or because of Ryan Gosling? Andrew, what do you think? I think it's both of them. I think, like, they are really magnetic with each other. And I think Rachel McAdams' reactions and the way that she plays off him in that scene is really good. There's, like, when they almost get hit by a car, he's, like, sort of all stressed out. And she's just, like, guffawing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, in a way that, like, doesn't seem to fit her character, but actually makes her character whole. One of my biggest takeaways when I was rewatching this last night was that while he's obviously like so hot and magnetic, her charm is just like undeniable. It it jumps off the screen when you're watching. It's pretty amazing. Yes. And this typically, these types of movies, this role is like the, the girl who's learning to stand up for herself and is a little lost and needs like, you know, some handsome guy to save her, whatever your typical romantic bullshit. And she's playing it really differently. The, I mean, the character is written as, like, quite feisty. They yeah. fight a lot. But she is, like, she is the aggressive one. And it, they're both, they both have a lot of unexpected reactions that are kind of always catching the other person on the back foot. You know, it's, like, it's very surprising. And that means that you kind of watch them discovering each other in real time. 
And it's pretty special. She's yeah, so I think she's great. I don't think you can credit it all to Ryan Gosling. Sure. Who also just by the way looks so young in this movie. So young. Mm-hmm. I he forgot looks, that I mean everyone was once young, but he looks like his <laughs> Remember the Titans character more than yes. at any other point. Yes. And he is fresh off of that. So it makes sense. And that was another very charming character. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, next nominee. There's the montage scene mm-hmm. where you're like learning about how they love each other and it kind of culminates with them on the beach. And of course, there's the famous line where she says to him, could I have been a bird in a different life? You know, reincarnation. And he says to her, if you're a bird, I'm a bird. Very emotional. Very sweet. Andrew, where does this rank on on the tearjerker rankings for you? I guess this is up there. I mean, it's just. <laughs> wow, Andrew. It's just like, it's so weird. <laughs> That it kind of like takes you aback and then you're like, actually, this is beautiful. <laughs> this weird conversation about being birds. I have a vivid memory of me and Juliet having to explain if you're a bird, I'm a bird to Chris Ryan. <laughs> yeah. Like he just hadn't experienced that, which just it it this movie has kind of been given a second life on the internet. It's funny, we talked about this with Mean Girls, and it comes out a couple months after Mean Girls, and there are just a bunch of things that kind of caught on and became memes almost. And I definitely think I'm aware of if you're a bird, I'm a bird because of the internet as much of the movie. Like it yeah. is it is weird in context. It is true. And then has taken on a life of its own. It's true. Although I feel like, so I watched this movie a lot in college, like a lot. My roommates and I, mm-hmm. so at the beginning of sophomore year, just watched it constantly. And I do think that the, if you're a bird, I'm a bird thing, that was something we said to each other a lot. It definitely has like made itself into the consciousness because of memes. But pretty quickly, at least for my friends and I, that was like, oh my God, the Ryan Gosling line. He he sunk everyone's heart with that. <laughs> yeah, I totally buy that. I just think it's also part of the reason that this movie became a thing is because of when it was released and because we all, the college age kids who loved it then started using the internet. Yeah. That's, I mean, and that's all. It was just useful for me to think about how I am attached to this movie. Sure. Yeah. I. It's just, uh, it also, it's funny how it uh, got swept up into mean culture when it it also predates it in a certain way. Um, okay. Next nominee. Mm-hmm. Um, when she first shows up at his house. And then, she, so, uh, you know, she has arrived from Charleston, where, she, where both she and Ryan Gosling like moved to beforehand to get familiar with Charleston, mm-hmm. which I think is h- hilarious and like speaks to how Canadian they are. Yes, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> um, she arrives at Noah's house and it's the house that he has restored for her. Uh, she, she's super awkward and saying hello to him and he basically doesn't speak. And then she tries to drive away very quickly and drives into the fence and then ends up staying. I saw your picture in the paper. The one with you in the house. And I just wanted to come and see if you were okay. I mean, I, I wasn't in the neighborhood or anything. I just... So are you okay? So that scene and not the next scene. Not the next day scene. No, not the okay. next day scene. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there's, All right. there's that one. Sure. And then the next day scene, she returns in the blue dress which she then wears for almost the rest of the movie. And uh, he takes her out to see the birds, and then it starts raining. And when they get back to the dock, she says, why didn't you write me? <laughs> and he says, I wrote you every day for 365 days. And, and then, of course, it, leads, it builds to the climax of, it wasn't over, it still isn't over. And then they have their really hot kiss and sex mm-hmm. in the house. <laughs> yeah. The most famous scene from the movie. Sure. That, absolutely, right? It, I mean, It Still Isn't Over is the iconic. It Still Isn't Over was just amazing. Yeah. He catches he catches her on like an inhalation when he kisses her. <laughs> that is just like seared into my memory 
Like, I know that the second she opens her mouth as wide as possible, he's going in for the kiss. The, <laughs> it's, like, the insane. The choreography on that sex scene in general is quite elaborate. <laughs> so I was just really confused about why he had to keep his pants on to get upstairs <laughs> and, like, walk like that. But then they show them—there's also a lot of emphasis on showing them stripping down yeah. in this yeah. movie. Oh, yeah. But I, I just want to say, like— One that, stocking at a time. That, like, where the legs are going in every aspect of them from, like, the moment they're on the dock until when they're kind of—when they are asleep after the sex. Yes. Just really involves— Like, I was thinking about the blocking that yes. must have gone into that. It did—also, it did seem like this would be pretty awkward, like, if you didn't know each other that well. Like, I guess, like, actors just do it, and that's how it goes. But it's just, like, the heart of the movie. Mm -hmm. So there's so much resting on their chemistry in the sex scene, essentially. Yes. And also, like, both their, like, their fiery passion. Like, it is, like, a real tone they have to hit, and they do it well. Yes, they do. I mean, that's why it works. I'm always really distracted by him pulling the boat out of the water, and... (laughs) I was always, well, he has to hope it's going to be full of water. What'd you say? <laughs> he has yeah, to. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. But I just feel like it's, um, it would just be more difficult than he makes it seem. Sure. Also, it would hurt the boat yeah. and the dock more. It, always, it just seems like it's like literal friction that distracts me. Okay. <laughs> like, when I was watching last night, I was like, oh, that's just weird. But whatever. Anyway. Um, I mean, it's just it's an un, undeniable hot scene. Yeah. And, and then they, of course— they won Best Kiss of the MTV Movie Awards for that and reenacted the kiss on stage. Yes. She's wearing an amazing um, top in that in that uh, MTV clip, basically, where it's like a strapless, um, like, bustier type of shirt, and mm-hmm. she just, she looks incredible in it. It's very 2005 MTV Movie Awards. Super oh, yeah. 2005. And it's just wild to me to think about that when they do that appearance is three years after they filmed the movie. Or I guess two years after they filmed the movie. Just so much time. The magic of Hollywood, you know, never ceases to amaze me. <laughs> um, okay, next nominee. After she comes back from the outing with her mom, yeah, she greets Noah at the house and she's really flustered. She doesn't know who to pick and they have like their last big fight and he uh, tells her, I want all of you and they, he wants to fight with her and it's just... It's it's a lot. It's really, and she's just crying. I, I find that to be the most powerful Ryan Gosling moment by far. <laughs> that was like fighting to get those words out. Yeah, and it's a, it's like kind of a it's a the most he seems like himself. I was about to say it's very pure. It's like source code for Ryan Gosling yes. and what he becomes. Yes, in this movie, one thing I noticed rewatching last night is like, so Ryan Gosling has a habit of just like yelling lines that you wouldn't expect him to yell. Mm-hmm. Well, that's like his acting style. And it definitely starts in the notebook. Yes. And that scene is a is a crucial scene or he's just suddenly like yelling random words of emphasis. So what? So it's not going to be easy. It's going to be really hard. And we're going to have to work at this every day. But I want to do that because I want you. I want all of you forever. You and me every day. <laughs> Yeah, he and he uh, just he dominates that one because she doesn't really mm-hmm. speak, and yeah. it's it's a real Ryan Gosling performance. It also um, it made me realize, like, I feel like the guy that you first meet at the beginning of the movie, I understand he's supposed to be affected by the war and, mm-hmm. and heartbreak, mm-hmm. but he was like so so gregarious and I and speaks a lot, and I feel like you don't really get that after the break. I have some thoughts about this <laughs> that I'd like to discuss in a future category. Okay, <laughs> okay. Um, I think those are those are the nominees for the most rewatchable scene. Have I forgotten any, Andrew? Uh, what about the Ferris wheel? 
It's a good one. That's a good one. I've also got notes on that that we can okay. we can return to. It's, <laughs> yeah. a, it's, it's a good, good one. There's, there's questions to be asked. My thing about the Ferris wheel is that it happens too early in the actual movie for me to have seen it multiple times on cable. Because mm. mm. I'm always coming into point. the movie at some point. That was, I realized again, had never seen the first five minutes of this movie. I oh, think when funny. we watched it on the DVD, I was like making popcorn Skipped or whatever. I was yeah. like, I have literally never seen the opening credits this of this movie. This man rowing a boat. Yeah, no idea who that is. <laughs> and then I, when we made it to the Ferris wheel, I was like, oh yeah, this is pretty good. But I never catch that because I always am watching it on cable. Yeah, it happens very soon. Yeah, so that's a technicality, but that's that, a good point. That's though. my that's rebuke. Fair. Do you have any other nominations, Andrew? Duh, that's the only other one I have. Okay, okay, I, I, that's out there, but it's just not on the same level. All right, the passion hasn't been, hasn't been okay. established. Amanda, what's your number one most rewatchable scene? It's it still isn't over. Come on, <laughs> I mean that's yeah. like I know it's the most famous, but <laughs> the moment from where they're in the the bird lake situation yep the swans geese are they goslings like what's going on uh through because if you turn the movie on at any point if you're within like 20 30 minutes of that scene you have to keep watching (laughs) so that you can see it like you cannot turn it off before you watch it still isn't over you're much like Allie as a woman suffering from alzheimer's (laughs) where you just need to keep going You need to know more. Sorry, it's a bad Alzheimer's joke. Um, (laughs) Andrew, what's your most rewatchable scene? I have to agree. I think it's. I think it's like hardly an argument. It's it's that scene. I ride so hard for the fight scene, guys. I'm sorry. I have great (laughs) affection for the first date. As I said, I think it's the most romantic five minutes of cinema of the past two decades. (laughs) But I think in terms of rewatchable, it's it still isn't over. Okay. Okay, you guys win. Two to one. Okay. Next, what's age the best? Any burning nominees you want to get off your chest right now? I mean, you want to do the obvious one? I think the chemistry between Gosling and McAdams Uh is, like, astonishing. And it's it's luck. I mean, you have to get the casting right. Yeah. We'll talk about the casting and casting what ifs. But this is all time. Yeah, it really is. It makes me sad they're no longer together. So there, <laughs> Ryan Gosling even interviewed a GQ like a little bit after they broke up. And he said that women were coming up to him on the street and yelling at him for breaking up with Rachel McAdams because they were so attached to this movie and the idea of them together. And he's like, I understand. And I also understand. <laughs> yeah. I would be re- I'm really mad. <laughs> this is real. You guys got to make it work. I know. It's really upsetting. I really wish they had. It's, yeah. It's just. Uh, it, it also movies like this make me wonder is acting real or is it just like sometimes you get really lucky and you capture these magic moments on camera well the funny thing is we're giving away a lot of half-assed internet research but the funny thing is they didn't like each other on set right so they were fighting a lot so the the fiery passion definitely comes through they fight a lot in the movie and then they make up it does feel a lot like he was like came into this as like I'm ready to be a serious actor and he was like throwing fastballs at her and she throws them right back. Yes. Yeah. She she definitely stays at his level. Apparently they had a big blowout on, on set <laughs> once as well. And that like made things better. The other thing we haven't really talked about is the Nick Cassavetes part of this, mm-hmm. which it's just like a weird movie for him to make. Although it's definitely the best movie that he's ever made. I mean, he also made She's So Lovely, which is like extremely dark and also about a love triangle, mm-hmm. but way darker. John Q, not, not a <laughs> tearjerker. Alpha Dog, not a success. Yeah. I mean, it's just like a, a weird list of, of credits 
And then there's this Please. movie. And also the other woman. Let's not skip past yeah, the sorry. other woman. And the other woman. <laughs> Featuring Kate Upton. One of Amanda's favorites. <laughs> <laughs> the Kate Upton performance in that is really a historical moment. Uh, it's What's funny is also that Gina Rallins is his mom. Right. Because Nick Cassavetes is the son of Gina Rallins and John Cassavetes. Right. <laughs> which I just, uh, that's, there. I read an anecdote that James Garner, like, basically would break because he'd. Nick Cassavetes would be like, okay, mom, action. <laughs> Which I don't know if I were directing either of my parents or a child for, like, anyone, brother, sister, husband, like, anyone with a personal connection, I'm not sure I would be like, mom, action? Yeah, I know. I would try to keep it at home. Also, you try to keep it professional. Just me. Keep her name out of your mouth and yeah. her, her name being mom. Just yeah. go with Gina or something. Uh it's just a, a fun, and also he's like the star of the extras on the DVD commentary. Yes, there's so much of him. Basically, it's very funny. all the trivia that we know and are going to cite later is from him. Yeah, he's like get, very getting it out. Clearly proud of this, but I will say he cast Rachel McAdams and Ryan Gosling, so I give him immense credit for that. I agree with you. He he he. Also, they waited a long time to find Rachel McAdams, mm-hmm. which is like ha- half the battle was won when they found her. Yeah. Um. Other things that have aged the best. Mm-hmm. I think just Rachel McAdams in general. Mm-hmm. She is so good in it. She looks amazing in it. And I think she also like looks very similar. Um, just an incredible performance from, by her. Do you prefer her as uh, Allie or as um, Regina George? Wow. That's really hard. I think probably... I don't know who I prefer her as. I think Regina George is like the impactful, you know, that's the historical one mm-hmm. that we'll refer back to. So I probably have to pick Regina George. I love this performance. I think she's She's great. amazing. Yeah. Also, I love her wavy hair. Looks fantastic. Yeah. Andrew, which do you prefer? It is hard to say. You know, I don't... I think having just rewatched this movie, it, I feel like the performance caught me a little off guard. Sure. Um, but yeah, I do think Regina George is the more iconic character. It's hard to say which one I like more, though. I okay. might like I might like Allie more. I think I like Allie more too. I mean, obviously she's like a better hang, kinda. They both have like good hangs, actually. Yeah. They're feisty. Allie seems, <laughs> Allie seems really fun though. That's like that's part of the movie that I had forgotten about. She does seem fun. Like she's just a great time. Also loves to swim. So much of the opening montage of them like dating is them jumping into bodies of water yeah. together. <laughs> she's a little fungible. Sure. Yeah, I I like that Regina is strong in her convictions, even though those <laughs> convictions are occasionally uh, suspect. Um, another thing that's aged the best, mm-hmm. incorporating Charleston. I just feel like Charleston in 2019 <laughs> is really having a moment. Okay, and this, this is, is such the- a Juliet comment. So- I love right. it. <laughs> it's I, so I, great. I I have this under what what's aged the worst? Charleston. Not Charleston so much as like there's too much plantation stuff happening in yeah. this movie, and it's not great. I, would say, and, I mean, it's specific to the time and place, sort of. And I understand that you can't just like totally alight it, but it's not comfortable. Everyone in a service role, like whether it's a nurse or like someone in the house with a job mm-hmm. is black. Mm-hmm. Like in that, mm-hmm. that has definitely aged extremely poorly. And it's also gl- a glaring part of the movie now. Yes. It's pretty uncomfortable. Yeah. Yes. it's And also just like a bizarre choice. Yes. Particularly for the um, stuff with the retire with the retirement home and everything. Exactly. Yes. Completely not necessary. The one like white person we see there is a doctor. Yes. A man. Agree. Mm-hmm. It's 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 crappy. Um we'll come back to what stage is the worst. But other things that have aged the best then. I have two. Okay. Uh this movie is a period piece. Nice. Setting it in the 40s just means that it doesn't 
it's always set in the 40s. So like the costumes, none of the references have aged at all. It's kind of it it works even 15 years later. It's, it's like, kinda, oh, this is smart. That is true. Yeah. It's also kind of funny. There aren't a lot of references. It's so self-contained, like other than the war. And like Walt Whitman. Yeah. And Walt Whitman. <laughs> Right. That's like basically it. Yes. And like the cotton trade, which is which is like, and like one you said, or two histor- songs. Yeah. Historical reference. Yeah. Um, What's your other one? So I'm, I'm going to do it. Let's talk about the old people. OK. The structure of this movie is really good. I, I, you can say what you will about the dementia plotline, and I probably will say some of it. And also you can say what you will about the writing, like the actual writing in the notebook, which frankly seems terrible with all respect to <laughs> Allie Hamilton. But the way they pull the piece the movie together and really the pacing you kind of you're in no young Noah and Allie's world and you forget about James Garner and Gina Rollins until about halfway through the movie and that's you only learn that they are old Noah and Allie right. halfway through mm-hmm. the movie and you're so invested in young Noah and Allie at that point in the movie that you're like, oh, great. Well, they're old and they're still together. And I like <laughs> want it to work out. And somehow this structure and the pace of the movie tricks you into buying into what is a ridiculous device. Yeah. Like it is a d- ridiculous narrative device, but somehow they make it work. And I, I give them credit for that. I couldn't figure out what the notebook was for a long time. That's okay. how ridiculous the device <laughs> is. I was like, what is the notebook? Like, what notebook is there in this right. movie? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Andrew, where do you stand on the old people's side of this? Uh, I I appreciate it as as a device. I don't. I think by the time it's revealed that they're them, it loses its power. Can you guys remember first finding that out? Because I can't. I, I, I was, can't remember. Like I can't realizing it. No. I do remember last night in the movie, you realize it's her when she's playing the piano, right? Like that's mm-hmm. that's the moment mm-hmm. that that's revealed. And then you realize it's him much, obviously much later on, but it's parceled out. So you know it's her and then you're wondering who he chooses. Yeah. But I, I think I may have had it spoiled for me because I don't remember like finding out and be like, oh my God, I can't believe it's them. I don't remember it either, but I have to imagine that I was deeply affected by it because every time it happens now, when I watch it, I get really emotional. I am. I, that is the part that makes me cry at the end. So I think that it must, it worked on me is what I'm saying. I think it also worked on producer Craig who said he just loves the old people. Yeah, I really do. Old people in love. I just can't. It's true. It gets me. It's sweet. I know they have nothing else and they're just in a hospital together. Come on. It's very sweet. I agree with Craig. Um, it it does it does work. Also, it ties in the like kind of. I feel like it gives gravitas to their younger story. Yes, as well. Like it makes it seem more relevant and like more important by having the the, the old people as well. Yeah, I I mean it's nuts that it does work. And there, <laughs> I'm sure there are many people who are listening to this that are like, you guys, it doesn't work. <laughs> just FYI, memo to you, it doesn't. But I think. It, just imagining this on paper, mm-hmm. or like imagining actually reading the Nicholas Sparks novel, The Notebook, I I don't think that I would be. <laughs> I as can't affected. imagine doing that. No, I can't imagine reading can the Nicholas Sparks so, book, The Notebook. So that's an achievement. Um, Andrew, what else is age the best? What have we forgotten here? Uh, maybe James Marsden's inclusion. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's just I like, like it. a, It's just like a really good hit, and as we said, it's kind of. It, he's also not really famous by the time this movie comes out and goes on to be a rom-com guy and now a guy who dies in sci-fi movies. I was um, going to say, it starts his career as kind of being like the other yeah, guy, the Passover <laughs> exactly, guy. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Which is, which is sad, but he plays so well. Yeah. 
It's it's also another achievement of the movie is that they they make you root for Lon as well. That you I actually like him. Bad for him. I do too. Yeah, like it's not an easy choice. It's a real. Um, He's up there with Dempsey and Sweet Home Alabama. I agree. I was going to say Jim and Pam and Karen because I also really liked Karen He's, on mm. The Office. He's just below Keanu and something's got to give. Mm. <laughs> Where I agree with whoever was tweeting this week that Diane Keaton should have chosen Keanu Reeves and something's got to give. Definitely. Yeah. Anyway. He was a great guy, that that doctor. Mm-hmm. He's really lovely. Um, what should we give it to? I think I think based on this conversation, we got to go with the device of using the old people. No, the chemistry. Yeah. Oh, the chemistry. <laughs> I forgot about the chemistry. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> we need to give it to like the sex scene that we described at great length and earlier like, in this podcast. And maybe you should like do a video bonus of like breaking down because it's just so it's just a lot. As you said, a lot of choreography. You could really do a telestrator on it for sure. We definitely could. Um, what's age of the worst? So we have the way that race is portrayed, which is just mm-hmm. horrific. Mm-hmm. Really, really poor. I think also the uh, wartime scenes. Have, I have that too. Just, <laughs> it's not great. It's just like, maybe you should have just cut this. Was it really necessary to show yeah. Kevin Connolly dying in battle? <laughs> great note. I agree. I have the war scene written down. Really tough. Um, I also think the uh, portrayal of Sarah Lawrence College was is on the list. It's another kind of like weird transition moment that wasn't really necessary. Okay. I just thought that was like kind of strange. I have the portrayal of dementia on my list. Oh yes, I which is I'm just not sure it's an accurate portrayal. Um, on Grey's Anatomy, which is my source text for most things, <laughs> great. Meredith's mother has really bad Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. Then there's an arc for like two or three episodes somewhere around season four, three. I'm not going to fact check this, so okay. Where she gets she becomes lucid for a short time. Yeah, and I do think there is something to Alzheimer's where you do like have periods yeah. of lucidity, but. I don't think this is accurately representing what that is like, how long it lasts for, and how it can be, if it can be induced. Right. That, <laughs> so, exactly. There we go. That was my point. I think that is definitely, definitely troubling. Mm-hmm. I think also the idea of willing yourself into death together um, is another <laughs> weird one that also was very um, shades of Titanic, of course, because yes. in Titanic, mm-hmm. there's the couple that chooses to go down together, like in the mm-hmm. bed as the, the ship is sinking. And actually, there's a couple of other, like, moments of light Titanic influence throughout this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it makes sense. It was I always think text. of Jack telling Rose you're going to die a little old lady warm in your bed. And yeah. they die together like little old people warm in their beds. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And um, the you jump, I jump is kind of similar to if you're a bird, I'm a bird. Very true. There's just, there's the, the light Titanic influence, which I say with love because I also love Titanic. Amen. One of the best movies of all time, mm-hmm. kind of. Um, <laughs> but any, anyway, there, yeah, there's a lot of like all the medical stuff just doesn't really hold up like against the, the winds of time. Agree. Um, how do you guys feel about Joan Allen in this mother portrayal? I've, I, we have another category for that. Okay. I just want to know if you think this mother portrayal is good. Oh, you mean bad. like the how does mom? It, yeah. Oh. How, how does that hold up? I kind of feel like that is accurate to the time. Okay. I mean, it was the forties. People were terrible. You didn't get to, you didn't get to marry who you wanted until like <laughs> 10 years ago. Sure. And like, even there, I'd like, do you? I don't know. So. I, I don't know either. Um, Andrew, th- hit us with some other things that have aged the worst that we haven't thought of yet. What about Allie's dad? Mm. Yeah, mustache, very tough. <laughs> just so like extremely Southern. Yeah, a real throwaway he's character. Like, he's basically like Colonel Sanders a little bit. Yeah. He's got like this mustache, just a little ridiculous. I agree. He also is like unnecessarily harsh, but then isn't actually. Like it's just a very un- unrealized, unfulfilled character in it's, general. It's weird. He says like what and stuff like that. 
Uh, yeah, and he's supposed a- supposed to be uh, intimidating. That's another very Titanic scene. It's when when she brings him to the dinner, the outside dinner, basically <laughs> the all white oh, yeah. party that he yeah. didn't know was an all white party. Oh yeah, yeah. It's also very Titanic, like when she, when he goes to dinner on the ship. Um, yeah, he's a, that character just doesn't really make any sense. He's also it's obviously <laughs> obviously incredibly inferior to the other dad in this movie, who's just wonderful. But oh. who could live up to the great Sam Shepard anyway? Um. Anything else that's aged the worst? Yes, Amanda. Um, Kevin Connolly in this movie? <laughs> What's We're the, not going to talk about it? What's the lowest Kevin Connolly moment? Well, his death isn't good. I mean, he's like somehow being dead and is still bad at acting in this movie. I, it's just also... I'm sorry, Andrew. No, it's, it's so like, true. It's awesome. It's like, I know when this movie was made that Entourage was a thing. Yes, he was. He was right. Pop, he may have been the most famous person sure, at the time. But it, this is just like, that choice has aged very poorly because Entourage and Kevin Connolly's role in Entourage have like downgraded significantly yeah. since 2004. Yeah. Oh, one more we need to mention is yeah. Mar- Martha Shaw as yes. well. Martha, oh, right. Martha Shaw is rough. Andrew, you agree? I just um, I just feel really bad for Martha yes. Shaw. Like, what is yes. that character? <laughs> I agree with Andrew, but I did write down in my notes that this is a pretty realistic portrayal of an emotionally unavailable man. <laughs> oh, definitely. Oh, right. yeah, sure. Okay. I, definitely not a, not a problem with the Ryan Gosling of it all. <laughs> but I just, uh, poor Martha Shaw. Yeah. Bad beat. Also, she just takes it so well. That's not realistic. Can I me. meet her? Like, what? I know. I'd like to sit down and have dinner with you guys. Let's Excuse watch the sunset me? together. I like that part because and I and then Rachel McAdams give Allie gives Noah that look after she walks in. Like everybody's playing their part. Sure, but but do they have to? <laughs> like, there's no reason for her to join them for dinner except for out of like wanting to tr- to punish herself or something. I guess I guess that's true. Like that just seems that seems harsh. But poor Martha Shaw. You yeah. Know, yeah, you know it is. A, she's best as a vehicle for. Noah to show what a good guy he is, you know, because of how he handles it, I think. Mm-hmm. Sort of. Yeah. Why did it, you put her on your list, Andrew? Well, I just, I think he like basically treats her like garbage. He does. <laughs> yeah. And, he does. And then the, there's this moment that comes along where it's like supposed to be this heartwarming thing and you're supposed to be like, oh, like <laughs> the new girlfriend and the ex-girlfriend. And I don't know, it just comes off weird and I don't think accomplishes in showing that Noah is a good guy. Yeah, it's it's just the whole the whole weird dynamic. Let's come back to that point. In, in my in my mo- in my head, I was like, I think Martha Shaw has children, but then I, that was incorrect. She was just a widow. I okay. thought she was a single mother, but well. I don't. That's how I'd rewrite. I tried to make her story more tragic in my head. Okay, in the moments in between seeing this. Um, all right, guys, who do, what do we give it to for the, what's age the worst? Amanda, I'm gonna go with the whole the Southern race aspects of of this. <laughs> it's not great, Andrew. Kevin Connolly. Yeah, also that. <laughs> I was like runner-up Kevin Connolly. Uh, I'm going with race as well, but also the treatment of dementia and Alzheimer's. Very, yeah. okay. yeah. Also true. in the running. Okay. So, let's, yeah. <laughs> We're going to move on to casting what ifs, but first, let's talk about today's sponsor. If you're a podcast and movie fan like we are, then check out Luminary. They've just launched a bunch of great original shows you can only find on their platform, including a spinoff of our show, The Rewatchables, called The Rewatchables 1999, a version of our podcast that dissects the most iconic movies from 1999, an all-time great year in film. Each episode breaks down a different movie with highly specific categories, analyzing it from every possible angle. The categories include most rewatchable scene, who won the movie, best quote, could this movie be made into a Netflix series in 2019? And many more. We've already done American Pie, Office Space, and The Matrix just came out. 
Make sure to check out other great podcasts on Luminary, like Poetics with Omari Hardwick. The Luminary app is free to download, and you can use it to listen to thousands of podcasts, including the ones you already love, like this one. It's all enhanced by an easy-to-use interface with personalized content recommendations, whether you're into movies, music, sports, comedy, or more. Luminary has the right show for you. If you love podcasts, then you need to check out Luminary. Get your first two months of access to their premium content for free when you sign up at luminary.link slash rewatch. After that, it's $7.99 per month. And again, that's luminary.link slash rewatch for two months of free access. Luminary.link slash rewatch. You can cancel anytime and terms apply. Today's episode is also brought to you by City on a Hill, the action-packed new drama series from Showtime, the same network that brought you Billions, Homeland, and Ray Donovan, set in a volatile early 90s-era Boston when police corruption ran rampant through a system plagued by racism. City on a Hill stars award-winning actors Kevin Bacon and Aldous Hodge. The new series follows an upstanding district attorney played by Hodge who teams up with a corrupt FBI agent played by Bacon. The two form an unlikely alliance to take down a local crime family and clean up the city. Executive produced by Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, and Tom Fontana. To stream the first episode for free, go to show.com slash city. That's S-H-O dot com slash city. City on a Hill airs Sundays at 9 p.m. only on Showtime. Now, more rewatchables. Let's head straight into casting what ifs. There's quite a few gals out there who wish they had gotten the role of Allie. Mm -hmm. Not just because it means they could have made out with uh, Jessica Biel. But the list is, like, pretty astounding. The On that list is Jessica Biel, because she's probably the most vocal about it. She gave an interview, uh, I think, like, five or six years ago, where she said it was the film that got away. I have I'm, I don't acknowledge Jessica Biel anymore okay. after this week. Oof. Let's keep it moving. Wow, tough yeah. one. Uh, another potential alley that really just would have been terrible Britney Spears. Well, yeah. this is also that Justin Timberlake was rumored yes. as Noah. So I th- were they considering like a Justin and Britney notebook? They probably were. I'm sure they were. That would have been terrible. Terrible. With respect to Britney Spears and Britney Spears alone, that would have been terrible. Yeah, I know. Um, Britney Spears, really bad actress. Not sure she's ever had chemistry with anyone. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> yeah. Britney's had a tough go of it, but I'm just, you yeah. know, being honest here. Um, another potential was Reese Witherspoon. I don't know how much that one's really true, but, you know, that's out there as well. Um, and then Ashley Judd, who would have been too old? I guess. I guess I don't really know how old Ashley Judd is. I'm pretty sure she would have been too old, but I don't know. The the weird, like, access around Justin Timberlake is pretty... It's like, mm-hmm. it's just a weird thing to consider this alternate universe. Yeah. Justin Timberlake, also not a good actor, but really fun in the social network. He, he is good in the social network. He went, he went on to work with Nick Cassavetes um, in Alpha Dog. <laughs> Great. And they made it happen. Good not them. a good movie? Alpha Dog. Mm-hmm. Alpha Dog. Yeah. <laughs> that no one cared to see. I think Emile Hirsch was also in that, right? Yeah, I think so. And, and uh, that's, a, that's a real time capsule movie of mm-hmm. 2006. <laughs> um, you mentioned Justin Timberlake as a potential Noah. Were there other ones out there? So apparently at one point, Steven Spielberg wanted yeah. to direct this, this movie is in the Wikipedia with Tom page. Cruise as the star, which I don't <laughs> even know. I mean, I would like to have a dialogue with Steven Spielberg about what attracted him to this film, this script, first of all. That would be fascinating. The Did war Tom, part? I, yeah, I guess so. We, we're, cert, we're certain it would have been a better outcome for Kevin Connolly had uh, <laughs> Steven Spielberg been directing. Um the Tom Cruise thing is really interesting. I feel like 2004, I, I, so that was earlier. So maybe it's like 
turn of the century when Tom Cruise is possibly attached? It's right after Jerry Maguire that I think he was being considered. Okay. So I think that's because I think that's why. You can see it, but that would be a different take on Noah that would not make the movie work, though I think is possibly accurate to the script. And again, I keep teasing some things that I would like to discuss about <laughs> Noah in picking nits, but okay. I think, like, I could see it, but I don't think it would be the romantic movie that we know and love today. Sure. Also, that's actually not correct what I just said. I mean, Jerry Maguire was in 96, and they were presumably casting for this in 2002. So I'm wrong. Six years later. I mean, yeah, that's like post... And this is like after... Eyes Wide Shut, yeah. post-Nicole mm-hmm. divorce. So things are... Are turning, if you will. Maybe he wanted to be in a in a um right in like a romantic movie exactly. for that reason, but yeah, it but didn't I, work I out. I think maybe we'd lost the plot there because he's coming off of Minority Report essentially mm-hmm. at the, this time and Vanilla Sky. So it's it's definitely a weird one. I mean, this is like this, these casting lineups are fun to think about because the where they landed is so perfect mm-hmm. and just like you know any other no other chemistry could have uh, really worked out and and famously they cast Ryan Gosling first. And one of the DVD extras was Rachel McAdams, like, coming in for her read, essentially. And she looks even younger. And it's just very fun. I'm so happy they found her. I really am, too. And it just launched an amazing career. All right, let's move on so we can get to picking it sooner rather than later. Okay. The Dion Waiters Award for the best heat check performance. Some nominees got to be Joan Allen, mm-hmm. Gina Rollins, mm-hmm. James Garner, mm-hmm. and that might be it. Any other ones? I'm giving honorable mention to Sam Shepard. Okay. Who's like barely in this movie, but is so charming. And also really like the Sam Shepard to Ryan Gosling link sure. is, mm-hmm. is very apparent and and charming. Yes, so it, it is sweet. Yeah. And then also James Marsden. Let's include him as well. Okay. Um, Andrew, make your case for the best heat check performance. I think it's Joan Allen. It's just like throwing heaters as an extremely Southern mom. <laughs> like. I love her reading of, uh, you know, Sarah Lawrence is in New York. Mm, Charleston's only a couple of hours away. But Allie's going to Sarah Lawrence. Didn't she tell you? No, she didn't tell me that. I just got the letter I was going to tell you. And Sarah Lawrence is in New York. (laughs) (laughs) And just, I... She's hilarious as a as a Southern lady and really brings, like, the evil parent vibe mm-hmm. to that part that really uh, spices up the movie. Evil parent who then tries to redeem herself a little bit by sharing her own story. <laughs> yeah. I just want to note, <laughs> <part I'm> sorry, <laughs> not to be too on brand, but I just want to note that um, this movie is also kind of, like, is thematic, spiritually tied to one of my favorite series, One Tree Hill, because of its yeah. setting in the South. <laughs> and... Paul Johansson is like the evil father so in One Tree Hill. And this is just a really weird cameo for him. And then also, since since both his time on 90210 and One Tree Hill, Paul Johansson, there's been some really unkind articles about him that make him seem like perhaps not the best guy. So like in retrospect, that also is just a whole weird, weird thing. I don't know. Just very strange cameo from him. Um, Amanda, make your case for the best... Dion Waiters heat check performance. I'm going with James Garner. Okay. Because he pretty much carries the old people plot. Yes. Uh, which is hard to do. And he's very charming in it. So he's, I mean, 
with all respect to Jeanette Rollins, who's like doing good work, but she's just supposed to, it's not a fun part. She's yeah. supposed to be confused the whole time. He is carrying the narrative and emotional thrust of that entire plot and makes it work. Yes. And also has to play it kind of straight. Yeah. To, to make it seem like, so you don't know who it is essentially. Yes. I'm going to make the case for James Marsden. Okay. Because he's so delightful and, and likable in this movie. I don't know. I, I just feel like it begins the James Marsden good guy saga, and it's really hard to be likable in that kind of role. I think that's valid. Yeah. I love Lon Hammond. <laughs> <laughs> Lon Hammond Jr. of the of the Cotton Hammonds. He, he also gets a bad rap in this movie. I feel so bad for Lon. What do you mean? I just don't think he's like that evil. Like He's not evil at all. He's just because so he has money? Just because he has money, like we're supposed to root against him? Yeah, we'll also come back to his great hotel room line when we get to best quote. Okay. He's got he's got some good one-liners and he just seems like a real charmer showing up at her school. That was an, a, a good move, though I've got some questions about that. <laughs> but just in just mm-hmm. in general, also his 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 attractive bravado and confidence comes across well when he's in the full body cast following his yeah. his, his time in World <laughs> War II. Yes. It's just a great James Marsden performance. But as Amanda knows, I also have a weakness for um, James Marsden in the X-Men movies as Cyclops. So oh, right. I'm just great a, characters. Just a fan. <laughs> I'm just a fan. <laughs> just a lot of great, just a lot of great uh, Dion Waiters performances in this movie. It's true. Next, half-assed internet research. We've talked about quite a bit of it. And yet there's more. Um, for starters, James Garner seems like he did not really enjoy his time in this movie or he's difficult to work <laughs> yeah. with. He, uh, Andrew, do you want to tell us some an anecdote about James Garner and perhaps his relationship with Ryan Gosling? Yeah, so it seemed like Ryan Gosling was trying to get real actor to actor with James Garner and asking him about like what accent he was going to do. And James Garner apparently told him, I don't do accents, kid. I think he said accents are stupid. <laughs> Just like such a funny thing. Like, shut up, Ryan Gosling. And yeah, then, that's the thing. Team, team James Garner in this whole anecdote. And then he, Ryan Gosling was like, well, you know, I have blue eyes. You have brown eyes. What are we going to do? And James Garner's like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> um, he just seems like no time for Ryan Gosling. Amanda, as a, I know you've got a real affection for Ryan Gosling. I do. Even as this kind of like deep theater kid, do you still feel the same way trying to match match his contact lens color and everything. I mean, this is like the part of Ryan Gosling that we try not to acknowledge, right? You try not to acknowledge. I try not to acknowledge because there is like really weird indie band, indie movie Ryan Gosling. And then there's like funny charm Ryan Gosling. Sure. And he seems to have like a one for them, one for me approach to movie making where sometimes you get the charm and sometimes you don't. So... I am aware of the other half of it, which includes being like the really pesky method kid who's like, but what are we going to do about this? And it's really important that I write like extreme character biographies and like journals for my characters before I show up, which I'm sure he did. I'm sure there's a Noah (laughs) notebook somewhere in the archives that will be released upon his death. More half-assed internet research. He moved to South Carolina before the movie to like get comfortable with, with the terrain. Yeah. This would definitely be weirder if he wasn't Canadian. Okay. To move, in my opinion. Because I just feel like a, a warm coastal town is probably foreign to you. Although he lives, spent a lot of time in Florida. It's part of the Mickey Mouse Club. That's so, true. He's, I mean, he's a Disney kid. Yeah, yeah, I just try to acknowledge the other part of Ryan Gosling. He <laughs> contains multitudes, as Walt Whitman would say. I read he also started making furniture for this to prepare for this role. Oh, my God. That's incredible. <laughs> I did not read that. Thank you, Andrew. 
Wow. The furniture aspect of, of his character <laughs> is kind of a fun wrinkle. I wish we got more of that, actually. Guy just and knows how to be a contractor. I think just we got the up. right amount. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I think we got one close-up on the beautiful furniture that he's making in his studio workshop situation. Is that how he's paying the bills? I worried. I wondered about that. Um, That's a great question. I don't think we know how he's paying the bills. Okay. I, we don't, that's that's something we can come back to in picking nets. We've got a long list here. Yes. <laughs> um, Apex Mountain. We'll talk about Rachel McAdams and her incredible run in one moment. Can you make the case for anyone else? Yes. Who? Uh, Nick Casavetes. Okay. <laughs> and, Ni- and Nicholas Burks. Yes. Okay. Great. I, the two Nicks. I accept. You're yes. right. You're right. I mean, with Nicholas Sparks, he, he really has made an industry off of this movie being successful. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's pretty remarkable. Andrew, what would compel you to read a Nicholas Sparks book? Just curious. <laughs> As your colleague, I just want to know. Um, Like a lot of money? Mm. Probably the only okay. thing. Good to know. As your employer. Glad, <laughs> glad to know. Okay. Um, Amanda, anything? You are more likely to do it because you could just sit down on one flight for like five hours and tear yeah, through it. I, but it's, I kind of... But the, we get the gist, right? I get the gist from the movies and I have enough Southern authors or like kind of beach authors that I read. We should all just say, like Nicholas Sparks got in trouble recently for some fairly... Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it was bigoted, yeah. bigoted remarks and like an email and he apologized, but like not great. I, you know, it comes through in this movie, as and we it said. It comes through in this movie and I really appreciate the other aspects of this movie, but I, I don't really need to read his books. Yeah. All right. Let's just talk about Rachel McAdams. Great. It's just absolutely to me her apex mountain. I, this I, is. I'm going to go more than Mean Girls. Yes. Okay. I, I really think so. I just think her charm and her, like, infectious energy really comes through. I was just, like, taken with her last night. I know. So, but are we doing... Because every time Bill is like, Apex Mountain is not subjective. Apex Mountain is about, like, the point in the career and not how you feel about it. Okay, well, let's do point in career. And then, okay. we, and then we can do an emotional assessment. Okay. What is her objective career peak? Well, I think that it's Wedding Crashers because she has she's riding mean this girls momentum and mm-hmm. Notebook, and then she makes it to Wedding Crashers the next year, and that's a big thing. And it's kind of like, would you Rachel- say she crashed after that? Well, it doesn't work that was a wedding out. Crashers joke. Yeah, no, I got it. it was <laughs> I great. thought that was I a red eye joke. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, it works both ways. <laughs> Maybe she didn't capitalize on the moment the way that she wanted to, though. She makes it back. She was nominated for an Oscar for Spotlight. She was in Morning Glory, one of the great rom-coms of the 21st century. And Agreed. Hard agree. It's on Hulu. Check it out. And she's been working and is, like, really respected. But I I think kind of Wedding Crashers is the moment where you're like, wow, she could do anything. Mm -hmm. Andrew, what do you think is her objective apex? I I think it's this, I guess— I would say The Notebook because it's the one-two punch of Mean Girls followed by The Notebook that, like, you see two sides of Rachel McAdams and she's, like, killing both of these roles. Right. I I would go with The Notebook. I mean, I think you. I think movies-wise, it's undeniably Wedding Crashers. I mean, to your point, like, of riding that wave and everything. I would say maybe it's The Notebook because of their relationship. I feel like their relationship makes them celebrities in addition to the people like loving this movie. Yeah, there's a that's a good point. And so without that, she's not as like famous or beloved. And I believe they're dating by the time Wedding Crashers comes out because that's in the summer of 2005. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm pretty sure they they'd been public for a, a few months essentially. Is her apex the MTV VMA situation? Oh, it's so hot. <laughs> um 
That's a great question. I mean, it might be. Is that the best moment for Tim McAdams' <laughs> career? Well, Recreating a hot kiss? Everything is like aligned. And it is certainly like one of the handful of moments that we reference with her. There's that. There's Mean Girls. Yeah. Yeah. It also, yeah, I think when you put in into effect in kind of like a Tom Cruise way or a Julia Roberts way, like how we've talked about them previously on the Rewatchables, it's kind of like taking the career and then like what you make out of it mm-hmm. in terms of being taking mm-hmm. the acting parts and how you turn it into being a celebrity. Then it's a soaring high for her and Ryan right. Gosling together. But subjectively, The Notebook is your personal Rachel McAdams apex. Yeah, particularly upon a rewatch. Okay. I think. I mean... I just, she was, she was my winner of the movie. I just think she's so fantastic. Also, so skinny in this movie. Like, perhaps too skinny. She's very small. A lot of really defined waist. Great clothes. Great, great, great clothes. Yeah. It's part of the period piece. The 40s, for sure. Yeah. And it's just a lot of flattering so, like, wearing silhouettes. a lot of things that you would see in Brooklyn now, so. <laughs> Maybe we should have mentioned that on what's yeah. age the best. But it, it comes into, it falls in line with the kind of the period piece idea. Agree. And it, it just really works very well. Uh, the Joey Pants Award. I can't remember what the Joey Pants Award is. Craig, can you remind us? Yeah, it's for the that guy in the movie. Oh, right. That's Kevin Connolly. Right. The Joey Pants Award. Gotta go to Kevin Connolly, I guess. But I wonder, like, I don't think it was a that guy at the time. I think it's just a 2019 <laughs> that guy. Yeah. I mean, in some ways, the that guy of this movie is like, is like uh, Gina Rollins, sort of. Yeah. Because she's like, oh, she's been around for so long. She's probably not as well known to... People of our generation and younger. Yeah. But you like are vaguely familiar with her. I in my notes that I took last night, I just kept calling him E throughout the yeah. movie. Yeah. So oh, he's yeah. that guy for me. <laughs> yeah. He will always be E. It's yeah. like surprising that he's not married to Emmanuel Shrieky in real life. Yes. Very surprising. Remember when he dated Nikki Hilton? Mm-hmm. What a I time. Did, yeah. <laughs> One thing we kind of haven't really delved into, and perhaps we can for a quick moment, tied into the MTV moment. It's like what a weird time 2000 four or five was for celebrities, just what was popular. It was a real transition moment. And it's sort of the beginning of reality TV really taking hold as well. So like mm-hmm. Nikki Hilton was really famous and Paris Hilton, obviously. And it's sort of one of the reasons I feel like Rachel McAdams and Ryan Gosling took off is there was kind of a hole. It's like we were coming out of the boy band era and it was it's, before like later century, later decade, like Kardashian business. Right. And it's post Benifer yes. 1.0 and pre-Tomcat. Yes. Yeah. It's a weird... And pre-Brangelina. Yes, it is. 2004, 34 is a weird moment. Yeah. And it was perfect for the notebook. Um, one other, I think, I guess Paul Johansson, who I mentioned before. Yeah. Also could, sure. I think totally that one feels, that guy. it's so random. It's so random. He must have had lines that got cut, right? Like, I don't think Paul Johansson is signing up for a line, <laughs> a, a part without any lines. I was, I shudder to think what the extension of that scene would be. Probably would have been convenient for him to film, though, with uh, One Tree Hill, you know? Yeah, close. This, Keller, this probably, this, yeah, this probably filmed right before One Tree Hill started. Uh, which is obviously a foundational text for me, which is why I keep bringing it up. Um, <laughs> Salt Rubinek Award for overacting, overreacting, excuse me. Joan Allen? Yep. It's gotta, gotta be <laughs> it's Joan, Joan Allen. Allen. <laughs> but you guys put her in, in the, what was? What did she win for me? I said, well, I said what age is the worst? I it think jo- uh, Dion Waiters. I think it's character. a bit of a heat check. You do? It, make the case, Andrew. Well, I, just, I mean, I don't, so when Dion Waiters has a heat check, it's not necessarily like a good thing. But it's like, wow, she's really going for this it. Is, this is a great point. I, I have never understood. Is this award for doing the most with the least? Or is it for some basketball shit I don't understand? It's it's sort of like you've got the hot hand and you you need to be checked. Like, what will, what will keep you 
Uh, let me down, just, let me let of. me make the case for Joan Allen. I don't really know how to explain it. I know no one in however many years we've been Craig, doing this. Can you try? Ever, it's Bill always says it's doing the most with the least. Yeah. Okay. Right, which is why I'm giving it to James Gardner, but I interpret that in a positive way. Usually, when a heat check is like you're playing so well in such yeah. a short amount of time. Okay, right, which is not the same as doing the most of the least. You know, that's I'm just, I just maybe perhaps mistitled. <laughs> All right, I would like to say some critical things about Joan Allen now. Please do. Amanda, so, you have the floor. Thank you so much. <laughs> a scene that stood out to me upon my rewatch last night when they are trying on, when Rachel McAdams is trying on the wedding dress and mm-hmm. there are like 15 anonymous women with terrible Southern accents in the room and they're all there for like the unveiling of the dress just among the women, I guess. And then they're talking about how it's going to be the society event of the year. And Joan Allen is really leaning into her scheming Southern accent mom role. And it doesn't work for me. It's very, <laughs> it's a very weird moment. Yeah. It's, she's and, like, Society event of the of the season of the year. Right. And, yeah. It is the thickest her like accent that. gets. Yes. It's tough. She also does like a little shimmy in there, a little like <laughs> shake of the shoulders. Yeah. And it's a very odd moment. I think she brings home the emotional stuff at the end. Mm-hmm. But the first half when she is just playing kind of shallow Southern mom, it's a bit much for me. Mm. How do you guys feel about her when they're at the like dance at the sock whatever that dance is with the like offensively stereotypical largely black band mm-hmm. brass band i that has to be a dance double right for joan <laughs> allen yeah because she yeah. does like full rocket leg kicks yes absolutely so that's how i feel about that <laughs> andrew did that scene strike you as odd all that works for me i'm sorry guys really? <laughs> i'm on board with that's evil great. joan allen <laughs> Okay. Okay. Do, do what you feel. I also <laughs> want to note that band leader is Oba Babatunde, who is the ousted principal in season three of Dawson's Creek, which I believe is filmed at, right around the same time as The Notebook. So that, again, to me, is a Carolina cl- connection. Yes. I just want to shout it out. That guy's super famous to me, and he's sort of another that guy. But again, these are all like WB related that guys, so it doesn't apply to most normal people. Um <laughs> Definitely doing doing too much by Joan Allen. Mm-hmm. There's a f- a couple a couple of flashes. I mean, also Kevin Connolly totally doing too much, but we've just already by established. <laughs> we just have already established Joan Allen's kind of like the third biggest lead in this movie, and she's not in it that much. I guess fourth after James Marsden. It's really hard to make a case for anyone else, even based on how much they're in the movie. It's true. I'm sorry, Joan Allen. You're a wonderful, fine actress. I saw her on Broadway recently in the Waverly Gallery, and she was excellent, but uh, she was not channeling that energy in the notebook. Let's pick some nits. I'm Who'd, so ready. Amanda, you go first. All right, so here's my number one. This is the big one. Okay. Okay? This is, I wrote all this in caps. Can someone please explain the timeline of the home restoration to me? <laughs> <laughs> and or... How long are, are Allie and Lon engaged? Okay. I similarly wrote down Allie and Lon. Let's talk about that timeline first because I, okay. I also wanted to get into it. So this movie begins in 1940, I believe they say. Yes. That sounds right. And yes, it, it is. June 6, 1940 is when they meet. Yes. And it is, um, it's the summer. I guess we can assume that Allie at 17 will be starting Sarah Lawrence in the fall. So it's the fall of 1940. So then she graduates in the spring of 1944. So I assume, isn't Sarah Lawrence a four-year college? Yes. Okay. So that's four years. Mm -hmm. And then it's another two years, I guess, 
later until she reunites with Noah in 1946 after the war and everything. It's 1947 because she Sorry, said, for, yeah, 47. Yeah, I waited for seven years yes, for you. And now it's too late. Yeah. So, so she's dating Lon or engaged to him for, as we know her, basically three years. I think we can assume it's the summer again when she goes back to see Noah again. And Amanda, having laid that out, like, what are your biggest questions still remaining? Because I've got some, but I want to hear yours first. Well, that makes sense that they meet like the forty, the end of the war, mm-hmm. 1944, 1945. And, and they show it. They show them meeting up and Noah coming home at the same time. Right. It's also mm-hmm. possible that perhaps she took a year off to go be a nurse. True. That's all fine. I'm concerned about we are shown the engagement and then we are shown Noah starting work on the house. And then we are shown the engagement announcement or the preparations for the wedding. I'm sorry, which could take a little time, though, like in the 40s, by the way, it was like six weeks between the time you were married. <laughs> That's my main question is why didn't she get married? Not to be like rude, but she would this girl, this woman we have got would have gotten married way younger, way faster. Yes. But they it showed the entire home restoration. Also, like Sam Shepard dies at some point also between the engagement and the part of the home being finished. They're showing him go floorboard by floorboard. That house needs new everything. He pulls off the It's facade, a one-man fact, job. And somehow, then <laughs> that's true. No one else is helping him. And somehow he is featured in the same newspaper as the plans, the announcement of her wedding, which even if you're even if they took a long time to plan a society wedding, I'm giving them six months max between engagement and wedding I agree. in the 40s. I agree. You cannot renovate a home like this in six <laughs> months with one person. Not a good job, at least. No. And it's a beautiful home. It totally. There's a lot of like the timeline that just doesn't yeah. make sense at all. OK, I, I agree with you. Like, right. There's there's Thank no you. answer there. Thank you. I just needed to get that out in the open. <laughs> Andrew, do you have a, a major knit you need to pick? So I don't know if this is controversial, but I have I have some concerns with early Noah and Allie's relationship and the health okay. of it. Okay. I thought about this too. I, Andrew, I know what you're saying. <laughs> it yeah. It a lot of it is based on like pure adrenaline and yeah. and basically hating Allie's mom. And also they get into a lot of physical fights. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like not in a cute way, but in a, whoa, they're hitting each other <laughs> way. Yeah. And I don't know. It it doesn't look like the best relationship. It's true. Their fighting is very aggressive. Yes. It's not just like bickering. It's like, yeah. it is fiery. Yes. That is true. They are very physical. I, and I do wonder to the extent of which it's just meant to um, communicate their passion. Sure. Their passion. Like, because you can't show them you know, actually having passion, although you can, it turns out later in the movie. <laughs> um, no, Andrew, I had the same thought. It's been interesting, especially rewatching Big Little Lies. I'm just kind of like, oh, uh, maybe we should rethink the connection between physical aggression mm-hmm. and uh, physical passion. And also like, Noah, where did your personality go? I understand. I understand that you've been through a lot and the last seven years have been tough for you, mm-hmm. but he, he has like a personality transplant and yeah. like he spends a lot of time not talking in, in the second half of the movie. And then that guy transforms back into James Garner. It's just sort of weird. It's true. Here's the thing that I'm going to say. Okay. And I had this under unanswerable question, but it is also kind of a nitpick because I know what I think about it. Like, is it healthy 
to build an entire house for a person <laughs> that you haven't spoken to in seven years and then buy all of the painting supplies, including the sketch notebooks and the different <laughs> pencils and the canvases and have everything just like waiting in a house for someone. Like we all, inter- that's romantic in the context of the movie. Is it in real life? No. no. Yeah. It's, it's, it's weird and stalkery. Yeah. And it's there's creepy. something about the house itself. I mean, like, I guess like a beautiful house is my love language. So I understand him wanting to redo the house. He had this vision. But there's something about stocking the painting room. Like, it's the third sketch notebook that I was like, this is a little intense. It's sort of like flip side, Mrs. Havisham. Very similar. Yes. And she was considered a mad woman. Yes. There's definitely a double standard in it, for sure. Yeah. And it is a little bit of the Lloyd Dobler thing of, like, what is romantic in movies? Like, standing outside someone blasting on a thing is just, like, actually super inappropriate and not accepting boundaries in real life. Acknowledge boundaries, people. Yes, exactly. And, And move on. But so... To that point, I give Brian Gosling credit for channeling kind of the break with reality that would be necessary (laughs) to do this. Like, I agree with you. And it's not healthy. Similarly, on like with Rachel McAdams, she goes off the grid essentially those time that time of year. She kind of grows off the grid for like two or three days, and that's really rude to this lovely man, Lon. Like that's just like messed up. And I've just and I, I again like that's that's not good behavior. Yeah. I agree. Because you're not contactable in 1947 if you're on Seabrook Island, even if he does call the hotel like a million times. Do we even know if Ryan Gosling has, has what kind of phone system is he operating with on his remote home? Probably none. Yeah. It's just him and his sketch notebooks. Why couldn't Ryan Gosling have another friend after Kevin Connolly died? Well, once I you mean, have E, you can't. There's, yeah. no, there's no replacement. There's no other friends. No other friends for you. Um, next. On our list of categories, best quote. Wait, no, I have two oh, more nitpicks. Sorry, Amanda. They're smaller. Okay. Okay, number one related to the painting scene. Yeah. But I, I literally <laughs> think this every single time I watch this movie. Like, how does Ryan Gosling have so many times to have so much time to cut like so many different yeah. shaped arrows? Yeah. <laughs> They're all different shapes. It's not even like he's folding a piece of paper. Like, that is a two-hour project, Max. Also, that paper looked like straight-up Xerox paper, which is not 1947 approved. (laughs) It's true. Didn't make sense. Okay, another one. James Marsden's proposal, extremely convoluted. I don't understand it. It is a weird entry. The whole thing about, like, your mom and your parents hate you and the something. I see what they're trying to do. I don't think he gets there. Yeah, I, I agree. Also... I'm just never a fan of I've asked your parents already. I understand that in the 40s, it was sure. like totally acceptable to do so, but I hate it every time. Yeah. But the, the stuff before that just doesn't make sense. It's I like know. we just could have used a rewrite confusing. on that, frankly. Yeah. Andrew, do you have any other nits? Uh, he is, I know he's not trying to sell the plantation, but he's only asking $50,000 for it, which in the 1940s is like $500,000, mm. which is just not enough money. Like, just know he needs a better understanding of the real estate market and Coastal like the land that he has. Way more than that, I agree with it's that. It's just insane. That's a great, great point. Andrew. That's a great point. Yeah, he should. He's classic Noah, not consulting an expert. <laughs> yeah. I realize I have one more. I'm very okay. sorry. No, please. I, I feel that this movie ends quite abruptly. <laughs> Was it dying? <laughs> yeah. Yes. I have forgotten. It's just like it literally just like pans up from the the bed, the bed and then roll credits. I. I would have ended the movie at Allie returning to the house, and that would have been enough. Yes. The shrug, I, yes. That, that McAdams shrug is just all time. It's up there with the Jordan shrug. Yeah. 
When this movie's on TV, that's when I stop watching it. There's no need for the extra 15 minutes of old people. Yeah, but I'm that sorry. is when I start weeping and I'm just like, wow, love is real. <laughs> Craig agrees. Really that's how you know they lived happily ever yeah, after. Yeah, and that's they how they got it. He wonders, but you have the, all the old people stuff leading up to it where he's reading the right. story and you realize it's him. Yeah, but you want to know, like, you can't just leave the plot line of them in this sad hospital unresolved. I, I have no investment in them in the hospital at so all. So this wow. this was the movie that Netflix did uh, alternate ending for without oh telling people. Oh my gosh, people. I forgot about that. And what was the alternate ending? The alternate ending? ending is them just going to bed with each other. Like, in is that like biblical code for having sex? Or is it no, just like what to with the old people. Yeah, the old people going to bed. And oh, there's okay. no scene where a nurse finds them dead. Okay. I also think that would have been better. I think okay. that's better, actually. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Shout out Netflix. I, <laughs> they make a lot of good decisions. Um, I just didn't need the whole 15-minute epilogue. And I usually I love agree. an epilogue. Yeah. Wow. You, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I maybe also don't need it, but that is when I just, like, start convulsing. And I just, like, can't stop crying. I don't know why. I mean, it is sad. I might be cold at heart, but this movie has never moved me to tears. Wow. I don't even know what to say to that. I don't know. <laughs> me and Craig in the corner just valuing love and love that lasts a lifetime. I don't know. It's weird. You would think that based on a lot of the evidence I've presented, it would like really you hit me hard. Cry. You also love sad shit. <laughs> yeah, I know. But this doesn't make This is so sad. I think the old people ruined it for me. <laughs> oh my God. I will say the reason that I think this movie ends abruptly is because I want one more young Noah and Allie. That's yeah, what I want. I, it does seem to end like... You want more. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I, you, the, you're you here for, for Ryan Gosling and... Mm-hmm. and uh, That's true. Yeah. But I need more than her just coming back because as Andrew pointed out, it's not a guarantee that it's going to work out perfectly. So I just want, I want like one nice But the moment. whole premise of the old people is that it does work out well. I guess so. Or maybe the premise is that Noah is just like following her around and reading, like has just not let go and is just like putting <laughs> new sketch notebooks under her bed every day. But they're kids for like come. 80 years. That's true. They have kids. That I mean, I just, I want. It's just a, it's just a divide. Some people are okay. interested in the old people story and some mm-hmm. are not. Okay. I think All we just right. have to accept it. Okay. Best quote. We went over a lot of these in yeah. best scene because that's what makes them so good. Amanda? For me, it's if you're a bird, I'm a bird. Okay. Andrew? Yeah, that's the obvious one. I do like, I wrote you 365 letters. I wrote you every day for a year. It wasn't over. It still isn't over. It wasn't over for me. I waited for you for seven years. Now it's too late. I wrote you 365 letters. I wrote you every day for a year. You wrote me? Yes. It wasn't over. It still isn't over. It wasn't over. It still isn't over. It's just incredible. However, I still I still check. I, I still select. I want all of you forever, you and me, every day. Okay. I just love that. But I also like to fight. So <laughs> there's that. Um, could this work as a 10-episode Netflix show in 2019? Yes. Show me the full house <laughs> renovation at a proper timeline. Would we, if we adapted this into 10 episodes, would, the, would you want as m- the same ratio of old to young? I would want like 80% young, 20% old. Give me like a princess bride situation. That's what I was yeah. going to say, princess bride as well. Yeah. Andrew? Yeah, that sounds right. As long as we're assuming that the chemistry between the actors who are playing 
Noah and Allie are is as good. Yeah, that's a that's an extremely important point by Andrew. It has to be Gosling and McAdams level or else it doesn't yeah. work as a Netflix series. And I think also unknowns in the same way that they were like basically unknown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or not. I mean, at the time of release, Ryan Gosling wasn't that guy. Mm-hmm. He's a he's that guy. I, I watched Breaker High. Did you guys ever watch that? I didn't. No. I used to like run home from school to see it. Um, <laughs> just love teed programming. Um, but yeah, he was like a total that guy at that point. I think that I think you also want that for this. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Unanswerable questions. I have a big one. Mm-hmm. How did Noah get off the Ferris Thank wheel? you. That's mine, too. <laughs> There's no explanation. How the fuck did he get down from there? Aren't, don't they just start moving it slowly so he can get down? I don't know. Dude. If he's hanging on, that's what I assume. That seems dangerous. Like, he get, like... I, it's already dangerous. <laughs> I don't know. I just was like, as I was watching, I was just like, what the fuck? How does he get off there? Yeah. That's, Thank you, That's Julia. my guess, is that they just keep moving the Ferris wheel. Until I he guess. can, and they gently put him on the ground because they can go like one by one, you know. So it kind of goes down until he can he can drop, stop, drop, and roll. I have another question for you guys. Okay, when James Marsden arrives at Sarah Lawrence College, mm-hmm. does Allie Hamilton know who she's looking at? Does she like instantly recognize him? I think that you're supposed to think she does. I I just want to say it. I didn't. I had too many nit, like picking nets. But the extent of his injuries in the hospital, I just I'm <laughs> not curious. survivable. <laughs> right. That's kind of where I am. So like, major question: What injuries did he incur, and how did he survive them? I have no idea. But with that level of cast, there's some internal bleeding, and I just have some larger questions. But I think in the magical world where he's like okay and just suddenly looks really hot in his uniform like six months later, then yes, she recognizes him. Andrew. I kind of went back back and forth rewatching uh for this like it seems like she recognizes him but then it's also kind of seems like she's just like oh a cute guy is looking at me and it they walk fully past him before and he has to be like hey <laughs> like remember me so I don't know yeah it is weird it's very strange and also her friends are like oh who is that guy like it's not like she was thinking about him as far as we could tell because they were confused not like she was talking him up the the hot man in the full body cast who asked me out right Mm -hmm. that was a weird one what are the other questions you guys have i already asked mine which is like is building a whole house for a person healthy behavior (laughs) (laughs) and it is but it is answerable the answer is no so is the ferris wheel it turns out we do have the answer to many of these questions andrew why are noah and ali's kids so kind of cold-hearted they're not cold-hearted. They just, I know it's, complicated. it's t- I know it's complicated. If your mom doesn't recognize you. But they're like, hey, like, can we just, like, leave her here and, like, you come home and, yeah, like, it's a we'll good check on her once in a while? Like, that, how did this, it need to be explained to them that their dad wanted to be with their mom? Elder care is very complicated. I know it's yeah. tough, but it seemed a it's little It's a tough rude. one. I don't think society has the answers to how, how to deal with elder care to be answer to be answer to be honest. It's a it's an unanswerable question for all of us. Yeah, but there you go. <laughs> On that note, who won the movie? The answer is not elder care. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh, my answer is Rachel McAdams. Andrew. Uh, Ryan Gosling. I think with Rachel McAdams, I've already expressed how much I love her in this movie. She's so good. But meanwhile, on Andrew's side. He gets the best lines. All of our all of our lines are Ryan Gosling lines, you know? Mm-hmm. But would he be this great character without her? No. No, certainly not. 
No, it's like a performance in reaction and it's really amazing. So it's like we're watching science chemistry. Yeah. But I think that she is the the dynamic force in this movie. She's pretty amazing. Yeah. Andrew, Andrew, make your case. Come on. Just as fight, fight back. As I said earlier, I, I kind of thought, I kind of feel that Ryan Gosling is the one setting the tone for this relationship. And she's mm-hmm. the one who has to like hit the balls back to him. And like, granted, she does, she does fully match him. I think if it was another actor who maybe didn't, wouldn't go to this place, then we don't get this relationship that we see. It's, I think that's accurate. They're so well matched. It's t- I mean, like one wouldn't be who he or she is without the other. I think ultimately, as I said, I, I find that Rachel McAdams like steals, steals it with her charisma, but it's really a perfect pair. Beautiful stuff. Andrew and Amanda, thank you so much. today's sponsors we got voodoo which is a leading streaming app with a library of over 150,000 titles available to rent or buy and over 10,000 titles you can watch for free on their ad supported on demand service enjoy everything from the latest hollywood blockbusters to your favorite indie films without subscriptions or contracts right now on voodoo for free with ads are movies like drive stand by me jerry Maguire, and ace ventura head to voodoo.com slash rewatchables to sign up and start watching today again that's v-u-d-u.com slash rewatchables and don't forget to watch City on a Hill it's the new drama series from Showtime starring Kevin Bacon and Aldous Hodge City on a Hill airs Sunday at 9pm only on Showtime 